your soul! How's it going, ev- <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Coffins and Coffee with Dave and Ophelia. Um, over the, was that like, earlier this week? You showed me a really sweet cover of uh, a forest by The Cure, covered by Bohemoth. Right. It was awesome. It was a really great music video. Yep. I wasn't was expecting like, was to like, like it as much as I did. We know how I feel about covers. I'm sure I've talked about this. Yeah, we did. We did a we did a whole show on covers. Yeah, right, we did. That's why I was sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes, like sometimes, like when we were talking about the covers, like you can, you can just go the easy route and just do the song, but harder, right? Right. Or faster. Um, they did a really good job. Like if I didn't know that was a Cure song. I would totally buy that it was just a really cool Bohemoth song. Yeah. Yeah, I love Bohemoth. They're fucking awesome. And so for them to do a, so- a cover from The Cure, I was like, hang on a minute. What's this about? Like, I, I was apprehensive. You, you, because they're a very heavy metal band. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And like... And The like, Cure decidedly are not. <laughs> it's like, here's The Cure. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's Bohemoth. <laughs> right but it works it worked it was super cool and it got me thinking about um i actually thought the for- a forest was on disintegration As uh, it turns out it's on 17 seconds but um it got me thinking about how disintegration by the cure and the cure in general but specifically disintegration was super influential to me as uh where i'm at in my life and as an adult and as someone who works in the, in the creative field like they, that was one of those seminal albums for me that sort of really influenced my path. Yeah, exactly. And I thought it might be kind of we have, we haven't done an episode on music recently, and I thought it might be kind of cool to, you know, look back at maybe like a top ten, pull like a high fidelity, right? Like a top ten <laughs> influential albums in your life in no particular order. Just to show you how terrible our taste in music truly can be. Or is awesome. We'll see. Now, remember, the rules are, the rules are, it has to be an album, not a not a band and not a mm-hmm. single. And it has to be an album that is influential to you today. Right. So, like, if you're like me and you went through, like, a rockabilly phase because you listened to Sick Boy too many times from Social <laughs> Distortion, unless you still are that, that does not count. Okay. So, it's, it's ten right. albums that are influential to you still today. Yeah. Okay. Deal. All right. Go. All right. So I'll start because I've already mentioned it in the opening of this, which is The Cure's Disintegration. I think I, I knew of The Cure. Uh, obviously, that you hear, you know, I grew up in the age when MTV played music videos. And so <laughs> I knew of them. Not just every runs when, of catfish. <laughs> or whatever. I don't even know what they have on now. But um, but it wasn't, and, you know, when, by the time I entered into my, like, my teenage years, I was on to like hard rock or um, you know grunge and alternative, and I you know I might have liked a song if I heard it, but I didn't necessarily seek out their albums. So it wasn't until I was a little bit older that I, I came across um, the Cure and specifically Disintegration, and just the wave of of sonic thickness in their music, yeah. the sort of artistic style behind their songs that were not just arty. Or, or abstract, but also had strong pop sensibilities. They were like, 
uh, and I attribute to this to the greatest spaces of all time, Seven Gallup, that it was their ability to maintain melody in their songs, as dark and depressing as they may be, as artsy as they may be, they still are good just songs that get stuck in your head, right? They've got that good yeah, right. pop song. Yeah. So um, that was always huge for me because it really taught me, A, it made me want to play bass. And also it uh, it taught me how important melody is. Maybe like in the same way that older artists like Ozzy, which I'm sure is going to be on someone's list, <laughs> um, credited Maybe. that to like the Beatles, right? right? You know, a lot of older artists that like we, Alice Cooper and, and Ozzy Osbourne, they will, they'll look to the Beatles for that. For me, that introduction into what, a good pop song with Belly can can do and how you can use that format uh, that was with buying and listening to The Cure's Disintegration. Right. I think I think that's definitely like a lost art when it does come to, I mean, you could call them pop, you can like, whatever you like. A lot of people, I guess, would call them pop for that time, right? Sure. Um, the Cure? Mope Rock? I mean, I guess, you know, yeah. they get stuck with the goth moniker, but like Sad it pop. depends on which album. Yeah, yeah, but not yeah. Some of it's some of it's way more upbeat, you know, and like, so I they're one of those bands that can kind of oscillate between super depressing and then like bubble bubblegum sweetness, like, like Mint Car versus a Forest, yeah. for example. Like that's probably exactly. really good. Yeah, um, yeah, that, and even even though, no, go ahead. I was say that's like kind of a lost art. I think is creating legitimately good pop songs like you, anyone can write a pop song like just a pop song right, right? well there's but, only like three people who do it now yeah pretty much um but i think it's definitely a lost art in the sense that to write a truly classic pop song like there are there is no pop music that stands the test of time now oh yeah i mean i'd have to what was the last pop song like when you say pop you mean like rock right like still still like, like but not rock. heavy like yeah okay yeah so what was the, what would be like the last song for you that you remember? Like are you talking about like true pop or are you talking like Backstreet Boys pop? Because well, when you say like stands the test of time, yeah, I like, mean what, I can't think of how far of a back lot. do you have to go? Oh, I I wouldn't be able to tell you. Like they just they don't even write music like that anymore. It doesn't exist. Yeah, you gotta go back at least twenty years. Yeah. But um, what's a what what is what's your one of your top ten? influential albums um also stay in like a similar vein i had um sisters of mercy floodland oh very nice like that was probably like my first introduction to like goth like that style of music like that opened up like particularly as like a musician when you hear new like there's not like a lot of music now where you could listen to it and go yeah that's a new sound like that's a new sound like there's nothing yeah like right that. so when maybe i heard, on soundcloud <laughs> oh God, maybe it's like mm, <laughs> fucking mumble rap some shit i don't know um but like hearing that album like that was like the first album i remember listening to where i was like holy shit never heard anything like this before like and that opened up like whole new a whole new way of like writing music for me because like I wasn't aware of the existence of like these types of melodies or like this you know right bass runs like they do so it was like very very different for me and definitely um open up the doorways to hold a whole new level like music creation for me yeah and you know when I think one of the things that both those bands um have in common is that they they have a 
they they give its due attention to the bass player. Yeah, right. I mean, exactly. You can hear the bass. Exactly. Right. You can hear them flowing, and even if it's even if it's bass playing that that mostly shadows the guitar, they still that sort of genre music has always been made that sound stand out. That's right. And you you lose that from a lot of rock music, right? Especially yeah. harder music, certainly even in the metal. And it just reminds me of of Keith Richards once saying like. Without the bass, it's like having the rock without the roll. Yeah, well, that's pretty much exactly right. Like, you listen to, like, a lot of music now, and, like, you'll struggle to hear the bass line. Like, you, it's just, it's, you might hear little bits here and there, but, like... like It's buried, yeah. If you're going to talk, like, like, you know, metal and stuff, like, Iron Maiden makes use of their bass player very fucking well. Like, extremely fucking well. Oh, absolutely. Well. They make very good use of it, and it's not just, like, oh, it's deepening the guitar tone. It's, like, something... All on its own. Yeah, I was gonna say it almost in Iron Maiden, like they they use their bass lines to create an environment of epicness to right. each song. Like you, you know, listen like to like lyrically, and it match, Yeah, and it matches lyrically too because 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 the the song itself has that sort of galloping into battle yeah. vibe to it. Then the you match you know Bruce Dickinson's lyrics, which are already sort of epic in nature. And it feels like you're transported to another era, like you're right. in the middle of Willow or something. Yeah, <laughs> can you even fucking Willow? It's better than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Fight me. It is. Fight me on Twitter. I'll me. tell you. <laughs> so, what was another one on your list? What did you have? Uh, let me see. I'm gonna go backwards a little bit through time. Oh. oh. And and that would be um, to Metallica's and Justice for All. Yes. Because. Because I when did when did that album come out? Eighty eight. I was gonna say eighty seven, but it might be eighty eight. Late eighties, yeah. and um, and so you know I was probably maximum seven years old, eight years old. Mm-hmm. I was young, so uh, but I had an older uncle. He was about I don't know how old Michael was. He's like eight years older than me or five years older than me, something like that. At close enough in age that he. He was just sort of in that like half generation above me. And so he got all the cool, you know, stuff that teenagers were in then. And so he would play it for me and my cousin Jason. And I think I talked about, I think on last podcast, I talked about how one, the music video for Metallica's one is really frightening. It's a a bunch of clips from Johnny Get Your Gun. And um, I remember that song, even just listening to it, right, was scary. It was frightening. I mean, the art. Had uh, is it Pusshead that did all the art? I think back then still I and remember. and like it, the, it was dark and foreboding, and then the the guitars come in. So initially it frightened the hell out of me, but simultaneously it was like it like drew me in. I was so um, I was so enamored with it that I just like uh, that was kind of the start of my finding appreciation in some of the uh, the darker forms of art. Yeah, I think that's, like, another point, too, like, talking about, like, older music and, like, how they don't do music now like they did then. Not a lot of bands do really good film clips now. Like, I remember, like, you'd see a film clip for a band and you'd be like, holy shit, this is fucking terrifying. I'm shitting my eight-year-old pants at how frightening this is. Or it's, like, a story. Wait. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, the problem is, is is that, is that, um... People used to buy physical copies of things. Right. 
and and simultaneously because not to put the blame on the consumer but the the record industries were making you know they, they i remember in my in high school a cd got could get up to like 22 bucks yeah right and they only they only cost maybe what a dollar from from a building supplies from <laughs> to fabricate yeah so you got like a tw- you got like a 20 you know what is it this 20 times the markup yeah and um and so music videos i mean the, the music uh labels were just making money hand over fist so they could dump a shit ton of money to making these really epic music videos because a people they were basically advertisements right artistic yeah. advertisements but advertisements all the same to buy the album yeah. which people were doing so it was a justifiable expense and then the other thing which is that there used to be platforms to watch music videos do you remember and, like and, when you're a kid and like you guys had mtv like we had rage we had a, we had a um okay a video a music show called rage that was on saturdays and sundays it started like midnight and go on until like 10 a.m or something like that but i remember like as a teenager like going up getting my VHS tape, like putting it in the VCR and recording and just yeah. recording all like the music videos, right? And like you sit back and you just yeah. like watch them or you like wait until like an artist you knew was going to be in the charts that week and you wait till it comes on and you like press record, like record just that music video until you had like a VHS tape full of like fucking solid gold. Like I've still got some here, I swear. Um, but like vi- video clips used to be like really cool to watch because they would just be... A, a cool story, like with the video, it was almost like you were watching like a short film with a fucking killer soundtrack. And it's just not now. Yeah. It's just like cool lighting, maybe some smoke. You know, the band will close in on like this guy shredding guitar, and then it's just like the guy's face and like foreboding darkness. But it's like that, like cool. Like I can go to a concert and see that. Like wow. Yeah, but, I mean, it just comes down to cost. I mean, those those amazing music videos that you remember they were made by like spike jones and and yeah. uh, what's it, michelle gondry and um but they had budgets to do that yeah. with you know and and you know it was twofold a the record labels were making so much money and uh and b you know the station because it, it's like okay there's you can get way more music videos now right all that stuff you just talked about with like videotaping mm-hmm. and trying to record like Everything's a, a, a keystroke away. Yeah. But they don't really make much money from it on YouTube. Yeah. It's it's pennies to the dollar. So what they used to what an MTV would make running advertisement. So again, there is a revenue stream that just because of changing technology and consumer, you know, wants and desires, then it just it's hard to rationalize spending that kind of money on something that's not gonna get you a real return. Right, exactly. You know, if they felt like if they felt like they could make Money, if they if music if they felt like music videos could lead you to go see concerts live, then maybe they'd throw more money towards it. But that doesn't really seem to be the case. Right, exactly. So, like if you look at like a lot of music videos from Japan, which I do, um, you'll notice at the end of like or in the title of the video or like at the start, sometimes I have like an opening credit thing. It'll always be yeah. blah 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 by blah 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 PMV. So it's like a promotional music <clears throat> video. It's promotion for them. It's right. advertising. Whereas here, it's just like. You've made a song, you've released an album, here's a film clip, like, sick. And, like, a lot of the ones that do still create, like, that type of music videos, they're, like, the old school guys. They're, like, like you got Ozzy Osbourne, all, all of his film clips. Like, fucking Under the Graveyard film clip gives me chills, man. Like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, but even that, even that is not, I mean, they didn't probably, I, they could have made that without spending very much money. 
Let yeah. me put it that way. It's mostly in a hotel room. The props are relatively easy to shoot. I mean, it's shot amazingly, right? Like the 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 filming style is amazing. Yeah. But in terms of like cost, it's pretty much they're just rented out a hotel for a couple of days, and they had um, Jack Kilmer, you know, feign drug abuse. Right. So, I mean, they they I'm sure a Ozzy can spend whatever the fuck Ozzy wants to spend. Secondly, like they they didn't have a big budget, but they really maximized. Because we all kind of know the story, and because there's uh, Shannon's, uh, or is it actually Shannon is part of the actress who's playing Shannon, that's got her commentary over it, and so like there's an emotional story that we're already familiar with, so they kind of gives them that leeway, and a lot of younger artists don't have that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ozzy Osbourne's got that fuck off money. He's got that Aussie money. He better. He <laughs> it. Um. So what's another out? Al- but but what's another album on? On your list. I'm going to get fucking dragged in the comments for this. I fucking know it. Like, <laughs> on Twitter. Okay. It's fine. Um, it's so right. I'm going to I'm gonna take it forward a little bit. Uh, Spit by Kitty. <laughs> okay. All right. So, okay. So, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned Kitty because uh, in, in the States, we obviously had MTV, right? But we also had this thing before, I think before VHS, which tried to be... The alternate MTV, when MTV was phasing out of music videos, VH1 was kind of there to pick up the slack. Yeah. In between those was The Box. And The Box ran on what looked to be like public access. It wasn't, but it felt like that. It was really lo-fi. And you had to call in to order a song. So what what they would do is they, they would run, they would run like a ticker tape of like um, the different the different um, artists that were available, almost like a digital like a not even a digital like a like a television jukebox. Right. And you would you would call it, and it was like nine nine cents per um, vote, and then you would vote for which which thing was going to go, and then you know they would run it for five minutes or whatever, and then whichever one won. I mean, so they have, they were like just raking in money. Yeah. For people calling in, being on hold, having to get through, calling back again, right? But that's where I first saw Kitty because it was one of those songs. Because the other thing Black Box did is they had stuff that was harder than MTV would play. Yeah. So, like, when MTV was not really playing much Danzig, like, you could see it on the box. Yeah. Right? A lot of times you could even get, like, the uh, the uncensored version of videos. Ooh. And, yeah. Sometimes CTs. Yeah. And some there was occasion if you were watching a dancing video for sure you know because you were paying for it so it wasn't like it was an ad run it was just like a (laughs) you know so um but yeah that's where i saw kitty and and i remember at the time when we were just getting into hardcore you know uh and like and like swedish death metal and what have you kitty was not that big of a leap yeah like i don't i i mostly and I can say, listen, if you like it, that's fine. But I happen to detest new metal. There's almost nothing rewarding I find in it. Right. But Kitty, Kitty was like kind of gets lumped in with them because they had eyebrow piercings, but they were metalish rock. Right. So and and all things considered, they were pretty damn good. Right. I mean, but for me, it wasn't like it was kind of about the music, but like I can't like at that time. There weren't a huge amount of women in heavy metal music. Like, there just weren't a lot. Yeah, right. And then when you're a young teenager and you see this band come up, 
and they're all fucking cool looking like they've all got colored hair and like there's this chick up there like screaming and there's a chick drummer and like you're questioning your sexuality a bunch because you're just like what the fuck and like fucking i remember seeing their bass player and being like fuck that's what i want to be man like that's what i want and on that day ophelia became a woman (laughs) 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 um but yeah like that for me like just seeing like badass chicks in metal i'm like yeah it can fucking be done like it can be done i remember like my old okay, days we got- to cover brackish a bunch we just thought we were so cool i was gonna say <laughs> i was gonna say we gotta do the kitty we gotta do the kitty test to see how big of a kitty fan you were <laughs> did you or did you not have an eyebrow piercing <laughs> i never had an eyebrow piercing i actually didn't get any piercings apart from my ears until i was about 20 three okay yeah all right so no so no tongue piercing no no, nope. no eyebrow piercing no nope. okay never did you ever did you you played bass yeah okay but uh did you play bass while wearing a spiked collar some combination of the of the following a spiked collar space buns um one of those uh crisscrossy line collars creepers and a leopard printed furry skirt and suspenders down I, with a fishnet shirt. I still own most of those <laughs> items. <laughs> um, I di- I've never owned creepers. The cl- I mean, I used to have two pairs of boots on my go-to and they were both knee-high, giant fucking ass platforms and one of them were just like Velcro all the way to the knee. And I thought they were the fucking... TTs like I thought they were just the best thing ever. <laughs> so it would be platform boots with the Velcro, fishnets, either a tartan skirt or a leopard print skirt, <laughs> fucking a band shirt with a mesh shirt underneath, a studded collar which I still own, um, one of those uh, like uh, what do you call? I guess the crisscrossy ones, the ones I've still got one. Is I, that the one you told me. The about? one you have. Yeah, I know you. I know. <laughs> I, I did know you have that. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and that. Right. And like that was right. it. So then Space I think buns. I think that we can, af- yeah, I think we can officially uh, an- an- announce you, anoint you, Queen Kitty. Yeah, that used to be my nickname. We stand a long Queen. Time ago. We stand <laughs> Queen Kitty. Just Kitty. Uh, I thought it was Queen Kitty. I'm gonna start calling you Kitty from now on. Boo-boo no longer fuck. Miss Ophelia. Yeah, you're now Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. See, K- Kitty's not a bad choice. It's a good. It's a good. I mean, it's it's, good it's cheesy in retrospect, and like looking back now, I'm just like, my god, like what the fuck? Did I ever tell you about the time we um, we saw 18 Visions? Yeah. Before 18 Visions was on, they weren't on MTV yet, but they were. I think they must have released Vanity. Yeah. So like they were on, they were on their way, right? They were, they were certainly one of the biggest hardcore bands, and certainly the biggest band on Trustkill, and Kitty opened for them or did they open for kitty i don't recall which i think they must have opened for kitty yeah and there was this weird mix of hardcore kids and new metal kids and it did not go well every one of us every single one of us including many of the girls we were with got in some form of a physical altercation 
between 18 Visions, Kitty, and whatever other the band that opened. You want to talk about a weird mix. I remember once I went and saw Marilyn Manson um, here in Brisbane, and the band that fucks me what they thought they were doing. I have no fucking idea. The band that opened for them was a local band, I believe, called The Spazzies. Now, The Spazzies are like a dollar store ripoff of The Donners. So they so, opened... God, if they... Oh, wait, wait, one second. So if they were a dollar store ripoff of The Donners, that would make them... Shit. Yeah, sidewalk flea market. Yeah, rummage Because sale. The Donners were just... Yeah, the Donners were just a ripoff of the Ramones. Yeah. You know? Um, but So really, was, you're very derivative. That was, like, once a band has started playing, like, then, and this is at the entertainment center, so this is, like, big. Like, it's a it's like the biggest music venue we have here. Like, it was, it's like a big okay. fucking, imagine, like, where did we go and see, um, where did we go for OzFest? Ozzy. Uh, it's like LeBlanc. Oh, wait. Uh, no, I think for OzFest. I think we were in the Staples Center. No. Not the Staples Center. It was on Inglewood. The, the Forum. The Forum. So, oh, the Forum. The for, that's where they used to play, yeah. Okay, so imagine the Forum, but the grandstands don't go as high. So the floor is fucking okay, huge. Like, yeah. It's a big venue. And like he was still packing out venues then. So I have never seen that floor clear so fucking fast. They started playing and all these goth kids are just like, what the fuck? fuck is this shit and those that didn't clear like they end up walking off stage like those that didn't clear were just harassing them like throwing shit screaming like get the fuck Wait, off for, it's the stage like for being like punk they weren't even no they're not even punk they were just like pop poppy punk they were more poppy well, than who the booked that i don't know i mean look they I mean, it was not the band's fault. I mean, that's just what they are. Oh, no, I know. Like, I don't blame the band for even taking the opportunity, even if they knew they weren't a fit, just because, like... <laughs> These are, like, angry, like, goth metal kids. Like, it was pandemonium. Like, it got to the point where, like, they were, like, yelling back at the crowd, well, fuck you, if you don't want to fucking watch us, then fuck off. Like, and the crowd was like, go home, you fucking sluts. I'm just like, dude, they're fucking... Were they all, were they they all ladies? Go? Like, Yeah, all or, female or band, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Like. Well, listen, <laughs> my money is still on the spazzies. <laughs> because having intimate knowledge of how wild you Australian women can be, I would I would put my money on some Australian women with the name the spazzies to take out a bunch of Mogoths. Yeah. They've got a song called Let's Get Spazzy. So that tells you all you need to know. There was a song called, I believe I it's hope that- called like... Oh, what was it? Fuck, I can't even remember. Like, their song names were bad. Like, they were just like, it was almost like manufactured Rocky Pop Punk. It was terrible. Sorry. Well, listen, I, I hope. The Spazzies is listening, but I'm also. I'm going to go get a Spazzies album now. Shout out to the Spazzies. Keep it real. <laughs> Keep it punk. And also, I hope that song, Let's Get Spazzy, is about lovemaking. Because <laughs> that's, that's how I like to do the lovemaking. Oh, just God. get spazzy. <laughs> All right, is it my turn? We're moving on yeah, past Kitty. Please. <laughs> well, what was the what was it that you said a moment ago? Rocky what? Rocky something? Rocky five. Rocky five. Yeah. So that's a lead into my next album, <laughs> which is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> yes. Now 
Now, you want to talk about questioning your sexuality. <laughs> There's not a man alive who can say with a straight face that they didn't want to be Dr. Frankenfurter. I even went as Dr. Frankenfurter one year when I was way thinner for Halloween. It was excellent. A lot of women kept spanking me for some reason. <laughs> Probably because you had your and ass out. It wasn't totally out, but it was, you know, mostly out. And my my night was going pretty well. I even learned to, and I use the term learned very loosely, I learned to walk in heels for this <laughs> Halloween costume. And as awkward as I may have looked, at least I was upright all until the very, very end. And I stepped off a curb to get into my friend's car and just absolutely ate total shit. Just axed it. But... Yeah, it was bad. But it was worth it because I was, for that night, Dr. Frankenfurter. There is something about the... the, the you, as we go through this list, you might be surprised about an omission. But I don't have any David Bowie on my list, which might sound odd. The reason, I think, is because most of my path to Bowie kind of went through a few of... The, at least a couple of the albums I'm about to list. Yeah. And one of them is Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, that was, to me, my introduction to glam rock... Outside of like Poison, which is a different kind of glam rock, right? Yeah. Um, and and androgynous nature and flamboyancy and rock and roll. And it made me love musicals. I mean, everything about it is so good. It's so theatrical. And then it, it, you start thinking about, you know, talking about um, Sisters of Mercy and then The Cure and that mm-hmm. sort of theatricalness behind, um, behind the songs. Like, I got all that from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. That's still a movie that I could put on any time of the year and be totally engrossed in the music's talk about pop songs holding the test of time. The Rocky horror picture show does. It's fantastic. It's a little off culture from a list you would think, but I mean, it, to me that opened up such a worldview for me that I might not have gotten otherwise. Right. Exactly. I think so. that was like, I even think that was like a lot of young people's introduction to men dressed as women like yeah and and like i'm gonna say it who wouldn't fuck tim curry and drag who wouldn't you would I mean, you thought I, about it mm, mm, I, yeah you did well i mean y- yeah but, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on <laughs> <Your turn. laughs> I've, I've watched that movie way too many times. I rec- I could recite that film, that whole film, and do all dance moves. Everything. It's excellent. It's excellent. Yeah, Ugh, I love it. Well, we'll we'll do a whole. You know what we should do? Come Halloween, we should do a Rocky Horror Picture Show themed episode. Yeah, please. I would love to. All right. Cool. All right. What's next on your list? Um. So staying in like that same sort of vein when I mentioned Kitty, the other one I had was Jack off Jill. The All right. Right. A lot of people are probably going to know who that is. A lot of people are going to say, what the fuck? The album uh, in question was Sexless Demons and Scars. Um, this Which was also like, described my last birthday. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Um, I, this was probably my first introduction into sad girl rock. So. Okay. Um. I remember I got, I, this is like a really convoluted introduction. Um, I probably first heard Jack off Jill because I listened to Marilyn Manson and I used to be fucking obsessed with him. And I watched a Marilyn Manson documentary where he was playing in 
Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids still, and he had a side project called Mrs. Crabtree with Jessica Adams from Jack Off Jill in it, and that's how I heard of Jack Off Jill. And yes. <laughs> it's very convoluted, I know, I know. Um, and but- and Twiggy m- half took his look from her and half from... Yeah, Jill. pretty much, pretty much. Um, but that was sort of my first introduction, I guess, to, like, that sad girl, like, emotional sad girl music, and, like, that got me onto like, Scarling and, like, some other bands, so... Um, I really, I really love Jack Off Jill, like, when I was a kid. Like, her, them and Kitty, in my mind, were just like, wow, wow. Well, th- those were the bands that were, like, uh, obviously... They're out there. They were, like, they were like a, well, yeah, they were, like, adjacent to, like, the Manson crowd. Yeah. Right? Like, like, like if you were a spooky kid, you probably also were into Jack Off Jill right. and Kitty. Right. Yeah, I'm going to get dragged so hard for all these bands. But we've we got to mention, yeah. like, I need to say, we're not saying that these are our favorite bands or our favorite albums. These are just albums that have influenced us as to who we are now. So don't, don't at me. Right. Don't at me. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll take some heat from you. So, that I can pick a band. <laughs> oh. so the, the next band on my list is going to be the one that if you look at my list in totality, it's going to sort of stand out like a sore thumb. But that would be the Get Up Kids, Something to Write Home About. I don't now, know who that is or what that is. They are a very emo band. <laughs> like in the true... You talk about a sad girls rock band? Dude. The Get Up Kids. I'll, you, I'll, I'll send you a playlist of it. And Please don't. you'll experience every pre-25 heartache that you ever felt you'll remember every love letter you ever received or sent you'll remember every single crush that didn't go your way and it all come crashing down on your heart all over again but it's such a great album and that sounds exactly like how i want to spend my day off fuck yeah let's fucking do it (laughs) well when you're growing up fuck me up when you're growing up yeah, well, listen, when you're growing up and you go through those awkward stages of, you know, young adulthood and every heartache seems like the end of the world, these this type of band sometimes gets you through that. These were, I mean, like all, all pop rock sings about love, loss, and well, shit, country music too, love, loss, and heartbreak and things like that. But like this was pure journal it was like it was like someone's personal journal read out across electric guitar. Are they it was so vulnerable? Hmm? Are they worse? What? Are they worse than My Chemical Romance? Are they more emo emo than My Chemical Romance? Well, first off, those are both great bands. Secondly, thank you for listening to the um, Coffee Podcast. Tune in next week or don't. <laughs> <laughs> like My Chemical Romance was more theatrical. That like My Chemical Romance probably has. Is more of a direct line from like Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's a bunch of kids Don't who are in a theater. Put them in the same sentence. And musicals. I, the, but they. But if you think about it, like it sounds like theater. It's like it's like it's like hard theater rock. Whereas with uh, the Get Up Kids, they were just like, like mid mid Midwest dudes Wah. dealing with love, loss, and life. It was good. Me. It got me through some tough times. Let's put it that way. 
<laughs> okay, well, uh, you can keep that. <laughs> Don't want your playlist. <laughs> um, my next one is one people are not going to know. And if you do, I commend you. I fucking commend you. Because if you know who this band is, you're a wonderful being and a wonderful person. Um, Rat. Rat? Yeah. No, it's not Rat. <laughs> um, UB40. Get fucked. Don't even... You put those fucking words <laughs> back in your mouth. Red, red wine. Fuck off. No. No. <laughs> um, uh, the next album I've got is Volga by Dorian Gray. Dorian Gray. He was the literary <laughs> figure who couldn't look in his at his own painting because he had trapped a soul there. And so uh, his soul, his photograph would show his soul as it aged and deteriorated over time. But he would keep his youthful uh, outward appearance. I mean... Fuck, that might be where they got this name from. It's Der N. Gray or Deer N. Gray. Oh, it's got to be Dor- uh, Panandorian Gray. Maybe, maybe. By Oscar Wilde. Um, so this album I found when I, I used to... Okay, so I used to fucking binge. Binge watch like your motherfuckers binge watch Game of Thrones. I used to binge watch... Japanese music videos. I fucking love Japanese used music. To? No, I used, used to, to binge watch. It was like to the point of obsession and disgust. Like that was I think this was like last week. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean I do still watch them but nowhere near the amount I used to. Like it was like I think this and like talking about like this band, I think this is what really like enamored like for me like Japan. And wanting to go to Japan. So this album came out in 2003, I think. So it was like just after I finished school. And I remember, the, I don't even know how this film clip made it here. The film clip to the song Obscure. It's fucked. Like, it's a fucked film clip. Like, there's... What's it about? There's like picking fucking aborted babies off trees. Like, it's fucked. It's a fucked Oh, okay. We're moving on. Okay. Um, and this but, enticed you somehow. Talking about you want to talk theatrics? Fuck me, seriously. Like triatrics, triatrics, <laughs> triatrics, and pediatrics. Um, oh, um, but I hope that was a music video the, name. Fuck, that's the name of my next solo album. Um, but watching that, I was just like, damn, and like. That led me on to watching, you know, finding um, other bands like Mark. And um, uh, from there, I think I uh, found Mac- Maximum the Hormone, like a bunch of uh, D, like a bunch of other really fucking cool Japanese bands. And it like really rekindled like my passion for Japan and Japanese music and made me want to start relearning Japanese again, like as a language. Like, and after that, I went to Japan three times. Like, I fucking love Japan. Oh my god, I love now, Japan. Now I know the artist is Dorian Gray, <laughs> but what is the actual album that you're referring to? Vulgar. On this list of great inf- vulgar. Okay. Yeah. Want to make sure we and, what, and and that was like the that was the the album that sort of rekindled everything when you just saw how artistic and weird it could get. Yeah, Japanese music is not like western music. Like it's almost like 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 in western music you'll have like like I mean, like Western, like Westernized music, or Westerns in like Western music, like like 
like country and western. No, not country or west. I fucking hate country. We got both kinds of music. music. No, we don't. We do not have George, country or western. George Strait is the man, Fuck though. Fuck off. Don't yes, even talk do. to me about that shit. Get, Johnny Cash. Get wrecked. That is Shooter emo Jennings. music for cowboys. Get in Wade the Wade Jennings. Hell yeah, it is. I hate it. Hell yeah, I it is. It. I'm open up a Red Bull. Or I might open up a Lone Star right a now Red just Bull? to celebrate it. <laughs> I'll do both. No, no I would rather listen to fucking opera than fucking listen to fucking Dude, opera's also awesome also. Yeah, I don't do country. Get out. Get wrecked. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like it. I just, I just can't do it. I can't, I, I can't, I can't do it. You like Slipknot. You can't talk shit about Excuse country. Excuse me. You guys are, ba- you guys are basically, you guys are basically backdoor Texas anyhow. So I'm shocked you guys don't have country music you like. Yeah, look, pretty sure Slipknot came out of Iowa. So I, you know what? I wish, I wish that I had a country album on this. I'm I don't. glad you fucking don't. And I don't have a Slipknot album on here either, so. But I'm going to, I don't like to squabble about how awesome country music is and yeah, how you're you wrong. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't fight. So I'm going to offer something of a, I'm, I'm going to offer something of a, I just cut that out. Uh, so I'll offer <laughs> something of a peace, peace treaty between us, okay? A gesture of goodwill, if you were. You're so kind. And, and that is Ozzy Osbourne. The Ozman cometh. And I know I'm going to cheat twice. Actually, I'm going to cheat three times on my rest of my list by by listing um, greatest hits. Yeah, I was going to say. Collections. But here's the reality of it. I mean, I, obviously, again, you know, like I knew Ozzy and I liked Ozzy and my dad was always a real big fan of different kinds of music. So like. You know those those old '80s um, Aussie albums, the music videos in particular. I knew, and we all knew Crazy Train and all that. But it wasn't until I was older that I found that I like you know you kind of forget about Aussie after a little bit, and then I I found this album and I was like, oh, I like I forgot how much I liked Aussie. Yeah. And this rekindled my love of him. It was like. I forget what it ran because what did that album come out like two thousand or something? No, I think it was earlier than that. I think it was like ninety seven. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. I was like a late teen, yeah. probably. You know, it's probably been out for a little bit, and I just remembered like it was like a mix of of all the main three guitarists was Jake Lee, uh, Randy Rhodes, and my personal favorite Zach Wilde. Randy Wild. Rhodes is better. <laughs> and you got to hear um, the the Lord of Guitar, Zach Wilde. Crunch Randy it, Rhodes. you know, and play just as good and better than Randy Rhodes. No, and, no, no, um, Randy Rhodes, yeah, fuck off. And like, and like, I like after that, you know, unfortunately, uh, Saint Ozzy didn't enlist Zach Wilde, the best guitarist that ever played for Ozzy, except for Randy Rhodes, uh, to write to be on his next album, which I think was Scream. Oh Lord. So on f- whatever it was, so it, it, you know, it was we, we went back and, and did um, what's the new Ozzy album? Is it Ozman Cometh? The new no, it's album. Not, it's different. What's the new album called? No, it's... Oh, fuck. I keep forgetting. Is it, it's not... I was going to say... Ordinary Man. I was going to say it's not Under the Graveyard. Ordinary, Ordinary Man. Ordinary Man. Right. Um, we just named our... We just named that episode The Ozman Cometh because yes. this is a hugely influential album to me. <laughs> we kindled my love for Ozzy, reminded me how great he was, and it was really a snapshot of like, you know, almost two decades of genre change and uh, just rekindled my love of metal in general. Yeah. So, because, you know, after like... After like Iron Maiden and Metallica and Megadeth, like 
I got into grunge and I was kind of in the grunge alternative stage for most of my high school. So um, getting back into Ozzy like rekindled my love for metal. Right. Yeah. It's funny, actually, because like my next album was uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz. So. <laughs> and that does not have Randy Rhodes. <laughs> ironically, that's Jake Lee. I know. Well, I think so I'm pretty sure. by your own admission. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say because I'm pretty sure that's the first Ozzy album that I heard. Okay. And because I, I was still like, even you're talking 97, like when fucking that compilation album came out, I was 12, okay, in 97. So, you know, that's still yeah, like a relatively old album. I don't even remember how I heard it. It probably came around the same time, like when I first heard Slayer, Rain, and Blood on like a cassette that I found. I was like, what the fuck? This right. The best thing ever. My mom hated me because I used to play it all the time in her car. What is this devil music? Um, I just saw porn. But so. <laughs> it got stuck in your dad's VHS player. No, this is this is later than when the the age of DVD came out on the side of the road. Oh no! <laughs> um, but yeah, like that. I first when I first heard that album, I'm like, this is fucking fantastic. And like as you know, like that's something that started a lifetime of like I have an Ozzy Osbourne portrait tattooed on me like I fucking love Ozzy Osbourne and that's something that's like stuck with me for so long so fucking long well hopefully we get to see ourselves in that documentary oh yes oh yeah we're wondering when that comes out I don't know I keep seeing different dates for it yeah if anyone sees me in that just know I was on another planet that day (laughs) (laughs) that's also true so moving on um I, I mentioned that I was into, you know, during most of high school, I was into like grunge and alternative and one of the biggest bands, maybe the biggest band in some ways, even though, uh, ironically, one of my favorite bands of all time, Stone Temple Pilots, none of their albums, I would say, is on my mm. list, even if, even though I, I love them a lot because there was another, huh, no, because they're amazing. Um, dicks. Um, slip on sucks dick. Yeah. Well, um, Kitty wished they could sleep with Scott Wynn. No, they don't. Um, <laughs> it was actually really, it was actually really Smashing Pumpkins that right. was the bigger, from an album standpoint, with Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, that was the bigger influence on me. Not only musically, because again, much like The Cure, um, this is right around the time that I was coming into this understanding of the sonic landscapes, you know, and how rich sound right. could be. But, but, but also the the... The film clips that we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. These amazing, amazing music videos that they did for this album for 33 and 1979 and um, was it Tonight, Tonight Tonight. That you, that, like, yeah, sort of, Tonight Tonight yeah. was one. Yeah, it was like triggered within me this like desire to be a filmmaker. It's And I don't even know if I, I could explain that to you at the time or even for many years afterward. But I, every time I look back, it's like that was the thing that introduced me to cinema. Right. Like, I was around for Thriller, but I was so young that I didn't. It didn't register with me. It was mostly just Vincent Price's laugh was scary, right? Yeah. But, but the Tonight Tonight video probably had that same effect that Thriller had on people, where you could really see music videos being an art form, yeah, and a storytelling platform, yeah, and um, and an accompanying piece. And so, uh, very much more than maybe many of the rest of this on the list on my list has influenced me greatly from an artistic standpoint. 
Yeah, like on that, like I remember you, it's interesting you brought up Thriller because I remember my uncle gave me a VHS tape of the making of Thriller. And when I saw that, I was like, I was like, yep, I want to work in VFX. That's what I want to do. I want to make scary movie makeup. We still teach you this. And yeah, I mean, you never know. I want to make. Alyssa knows how to do this. Shout out to Alyssa. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, Like, I remember, I want to make zombies. I want to make bloody wounds and like detached limbs and like all this sort of stuff. Like, and I, I watched that until it could be played no more. I still have it downstairs, like in my cabinet. But like, yeah, we uh, do you guys do you guys have HBO there? Uh, we don't have like a dedicated HBO channel. We ha- we get some we HBO shows, but it's not like a channel here. Ah, so we it was a channel, it was a pay channel, right? It was like the one thing that my dad had, which uh, uh, not only not only introduced me to um, softcore porn, but it it had that it had that the making of Thriller, and we had it recorded on VHS to pop in and watch. Right. Yep. Um, so that was like, that was probably my like first like want for film was watching the making of Thriller. Oh, so thr- thr- Thriller is on your on your list? It's not on my list, but it, like I thought of it then, like when when you mentioned um, honorable mention, clip, honorable mention to Thriller. You should do VFX. What is on your list though? Um, oh, next on my list, uh, I had a really tough time choosing between two albums by this artist, um, but I put down Marilyn Manson's Antichrist Superstar slash All right. uh, Marilyn Manson's Mechanical Animals. Which is far superior. I, I, uh, see, uh, like when that came out, that was probably the most shocking. Like, and, again, and again, this just comes back to film clips. Like watching like beautiful people, like, that's probably one of the most shocking music videos I'd ever seen. I was like, whoa. Like, I was still in, like, I was either in grade seven like, or grade eight. I think I was 97, so I'm pretty sure I was in grade seven when it came out here. Um, but I remember seeing it and seeing this is so fucking shocking and, like, crazy scary to me. Like, it was sort of the same feeling that I got when I saw, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the film clip for Aphex Twins Come to Daddy. Oh yeah, it's all creepy. It's a fucking his face creepy. On everything. But like, I remember seeing this guy, and he's got like, you know, he's a dude. He's like wearing makeup, and like, he's got like a mismatched eyes, and there's like all this like demonic, like satanic, like iconography, and like, I mean, the album itself is called like Antichrist Superstar, like you know, and he had tie-ins with like Anton Lavey and like all this stuff. So it's like, this was like. This isn't fucking demonic shit, man. Like, you know, when you're 12 or 13 yeah. years old, like, whoa. I remember I had in my room, and if, you, like, if you're a Manson fan, like, you'll know this picture quite well. There's a, a, I can't remember the name of the photographer, but they did a photo series where he's totally naked and he's got, like, lipstick all over his face and all over his chest and he's holding, like, a baby deer in his lap. Um, okay. And I had a poster of that, a giant poster in my bedroom. I remember my auntie came over one day. She's like, this, this is evil. This is so evil. Like, I'm shocked your dad was cool with you having that poster up. Wasn't. He hated it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> but like that, that was like, yeah, that was like my introduction to, I guess, like evil music, like 
naughty music. Yeah. Like, that was, like, naughty music. Like, you couldn't listen to, like, you know, like I said, I brought up, like, Rain and Blood. Like, you're listening to that, like, Slayer, Rain and Blood. It's like, oh, my God, this is naughty music. You can't listen to that. Like, wow. Yeah, it's kind of like what, like, Metallica was to me. Yeah. Yeah, like, right. Justice for All. Um, I'm going to, well, I guess all the rest of the ones on my list are pretty dark. So I guess I'll just pick for any of, any of them. Um, from Marilyn Manson to what he was clearly derived from is Bauhaus's Gotham. Yeah. Which I think is their live, is their live album. But, um, you know, I got into a lot of classic music kind of, maybe it's the way a lot of people get into it. You know, it's like getting into bands that wore t-shirts of older bands that I then went back and listened to. And Bajas was one of those. Right. You know, watching Davey Havoc go up on stage and having a Bajas shirt. I mean, like, oh, that's cool like, looking. What's, what's that? that? And that's how you found new music, you know? And I think I, th- I think it was my, I don't remember, it was Christopher or old singer JC. Someone had the Gotham set. And, you know, it had, a, it had like, uh, you know, live versions of all their songs. And it was like, if you took David Bowie and you mixed him with like a dark elf, you got the members of Bajas, yeah. you got Peter Murphy and, um, and actually, actually like I, again, Bowie was one of those people whom I knew and liked if I heard a song, but it wasn't until I got into Bajas and there and listening to their cover of Ziggy Stardust that then sent me backward to go down and explore and learn and appreciate Bowie. Right. So like, that's why Gotham kind of makes the list above like say Ziggy Stardust, because if it wasn't for that album, I wouldn't have discovered them, you know? Yeah. And, and, and again, it was it, sort of in the same vein that um, Rocky Horror Picture Show was. It's like that mix of darkness and theatrics and, like, melody, which I loved. Yeah, totally agree. Um, my next one on my list, it's actually a funny story with this one, is uh, Misfits, American Psycho. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I like that album. I was waiting I for you to album. drag me. Well, no, I love the Michael Graves era. I saw them at least twice with him. Once with Guar and one one other time. Do you want to talk they theatrics? Were, they, listen. Fucking Guar. <laughs> yeah, Guar's insane. So you used to have a photo of me covered in red blood after the, that Guar Misfit show. But um, no, that American Psycho was a great album. It wasn't the Danzig Misfits. And... You could have probably called that lineup anything else. Call them famous yeah. monsters. Call them whatever. But that that album was awesome. Yeah. That was a great album. Um, but the only reason I heard... The first song I heard of the album was Dig Up Her Bones. Okay. And yeah. the reason I heard this, because I was walking with a friend. This wheel would have been... Oh, 13, probably. And we were walking along, like, down this road... And I found a cassette on the on the ground. I didn't know what it was. It was just a blank cassette, like the one type you record yourself. I was like, "What's on yeah. this?" And I remember on it there was like, there was Misfits dig up her bones. I think it was a couple of other songs, but like that song really stuck out for me. There was some Cradle of Filth, like, and a bunch of other stuff. But like, I, that's like the holy grail of goth, yeah. dark music. Like there was like a lot of music on there that I was like, "This is really cool." And like, it took a lot of searching in those days because you couldn't just like. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this and like jump on Shazam and see what the song's called, or I'm gonna go into right. Google you just know like, it's some type in the lyrics. Like it's not like they, <laughs> there's no Google. Yeah, it's not like they were announcing like, hey, we're Cradle of Filth, one, two, three, four. Yeah, right, exactly. So especially with bands like Cradle of Filth, because like 
I think Google was there. Oh, you had like or Yahoo or whatever it was. Then there were search engines. Angel Fire. Yeah. Oh my God. Angel Fire. Fuck. You sh- you should have gone to www.fallenangelfire.com. Why? To find the answers to your dark music <laughs> questions. Um. But I mean, especially bands like Cradle of Filth, like you couldn't just go, oh yeah, he's saying this. So just look up. You can't fucking hear what he's saying. I can't just look up those lyrics like so it was like a quest like you had to like ask people like oh do you like take your walkman to school like man do you know this band <laughs> like you know so i mean that was cool exactly. that's awesome well that's that, they're, yeah they're that album that album is uh, it is a close second to the one i picked on my list oh yeah because i kind of got into them around the same time so like i discovered the misfits simultaneously with Danzig. I think I, I knew Danzig first because I knew um, Christopher used to be in a band, used to be a drummer in a band called Fifth Column and they would sometimes, um, well, they would do a Misfits cover show yeah. on Halloween and I know sometimes they would cover uh, Last Caress. So I knew that from, just from them playing, right? And so, um, but I kind of heard the albums with Michael Graves and Danzig singing at the same time, but Misfits Collection 2 was a little bit more influential to me because like it's that it's getting into the misfits like i was into punk like pennywise and ofx and mxpx and like you know green day and things like that but when i discovered the misfits you know it's like for misfits you discover afi from afi you discover Baja. from Baja right. you get reconfirmed with david bowie like it all sort of grew from there and like um I just I knew dark music from like Iron Maiden and Metallica, you know, uh, and Manson. Yeah. But like to hear a punk band do it and do it the way they do, where again it's like, like punk? you've got this crooner, yeah, you've got this crooner singing like a dark Elvis Jim Morrison hybrid, and he's singing these weird sci-fi dark lyrics and this sort of droney ba- punk band. Um, it was just it was just it, it's cool as much as I like American Psycho which was more metalish, like the Misfits to me were just a different sound. Right. You know, it's like through Misfits, I got to the Ramones. Someone needs you know? to draw up like a music family tree. Oh, absolutely. That'd be amazing. Right. That'd be fucking sick. Like a metal and punk, like family tree. I'm sure even if you drew those trees separate, they would link like somehow. Oh, I mean, a million times. We've, we've talked about it before, like, if not for the Beatles, Ozzy wouldn't exist. Right, exactly. And they don't sound like they should be at all. <laughs> all right, what else you got? What else do I got? Um, probably another one I'm going to get dragged for. <laughs> all right, Was shoot for it. Coal Chambers, Coal Chamber. I couldn't even name a song of theirs if I tried. Big truck. But let me try to guess what they looked like. They probably had really big pants. No. But really tight mesh shirts. I mean, yeah. And they probably had like an undercut and they probably like twisted their hair, their long hair parted <laughs> in the middle like a bowl cut. Okay, so listen. And okay. I'm guessing there was an eyebrow piercing or two. Many. And, okay, so um, you saw, nails. when we went to OzFest, you saw Devil Driver. Wallet Chains. Yeah, I saw Dr- Devil Driver. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. the singer from Devil Driver, Dez... Used to be in a band called Cold Chamber. I loved Cold Chamber. That was the first album that I ever bought 
based purely on the cover. Like, I saw the cover. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's got a fucking ice cream truck on the front, but it kind of looks like metal riding. I'm like, what is this? Turned it over, and you're like, fuck, this motherfucker is crazy-looking fucking Des guy. He had a fucking hot chick basis where I was, like, all about chick basis that time. Like, oh, my God, this is fucking, this is sick. Um, I, I bought that album. I had that on repeat, like, until I learnt old songs off that album like back to front even though they're basic as shit i thought i was king fucking shit when i could play cold chamber songs on bass i thought i was the best See, when, I, when you i when you say cold chamber it just makes me think of orgy because like i still have orgy it's too. Like, they were it great. was like sure they were great because they covered the Mode song but no. like it was like it was like mall goth turned to 11 fuck i tell you what if if we had fucking hot topic here when I was a teenager, I'd own shares. Oh, I would own shares oh, yeah. by now. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't open Hot Topic uh, in my hometown until I was. I think I was like eighteen or nine. I was out of high school already. I know yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I can't tell the difference between Cold Chamber and Orgy. And Orgy gets the nod only because they covered <laughs> Depeche Mode, which is next on my list. It's the only band tattoo I have so far. It's Depeche Mode's Violator. Yeah. I love Depeche Mode so much. I know you do. They, again, an, another band that sort of came derivative of watching what t-shirt Davey Havoc was wearing. <laughs> but no one, I mean, it's, you're hard pressed to find a better singer. Like Scott Weiland, Dave Gavon are like 1A, 1B, different styles, but just like. And in general, like as frontmen, they're they're second to none. Yeah. Just and and Dave Gavon, like even to this day, like he's one of the lucky ones who went through an 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 unfortunate spell of heroin in the '90s, but actually is still didn't alive and actually healthy. Because they didn't die. You know, you know those two guys, and I, and like I said, I, I really wanted to put a Stone Temple Pilots album on here, and I really got close to it, but um, like. As an we're talking about albums, Depeche Mode's Violator was like a link between um, the past sort of gothic bands that I really liked, but also introducing electronic music in a way that was different than say Nine Inch Nails, right? Right, and it was like this perfect marriage between like pop sensibility and electronic. It could venture into harder territory. It could go dark. It could go pop. Um, and his and Dave Gavon's voice is is amazing. So like that album to me uh, to this day is is one of those albums that just completely from a from a mood standpoint influences me daily. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great album. I, I'm actually surprised I didn't put any Depeche Mode on here. I feel bad. <laughs> Sorry, Depeche Mode. Well, it's all right. Well, <laughs> it's okay. We got you covered. What did you, what do you have on your list still? Um, I'm gonna kick it up a notch. Um, I've got Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil. Oh, you want Shout at the Devil over Dr. Feelgood? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Do you tell? Fucking Explain. love Shout at the Devil, It's because it had man. a pentagram on it, right? Hey. Is that, it's because it had a pentagram on the cover, hey. <laughs> Maybe. Um, no, like, that was probably one of my first forays into, like, that sort of glam rock type thing, like floppy yeah. cup rock, you know? You know what pisses me off? Yep. <laughs> you know what way pisses me off? Karen's. Though? What? Karen's. Karen's? Don't even get me started. Fucking Karen's. <laughs> I was watching Karen. I was actually watching a Karen compilation video this morning. Maybe want to 
punch everyone in the neck. Um, but what a, another band that's like in the same sort of vein as like Motley Crue, but they were better than Motley Crue that never got huge. Wasp. What the fuck happened to I know Wasp? You love Wasp. Wasp are great. I don't know. They, I, I don't know what why they never took that next step. I don't know. We gotta look into it. Maybe maybe Blackie didn't want to sell out. I mean, I think I think like they were maybe like just overshot. Like Motley Crue were good, but they were just larger than life, you know? Like Yeah. You had like Well that's fucking... what that scene Like I feel like Motley Crue got big in spite of their sound. Yeah, because they got big in spite that of themselves. Era wasn't yeah, that era, but well, specifically their sound, because that era did not put an emphasis on serious music. Right. You know, it was really like a look. I mean, although I'm sure all those artists would tell me to go to hell, but like if, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it always came like the image was first, whereas with the crew and certainly with Wasp, and I'm sure there were others, it felt like they were trying to make stuff like influence from the Stones and like the Stooges, yeah. you know, the yeah. New York Dolls. And it was just a different thing than what was going on, like in the pop glam metal world. You know, like the White Snakes and things of that nature. Yeah, fucking White Snake. Yeah, but I mean, like that's uh, like I said, that's like another band that I just fell in love with, and like wanted to learn all the bass lines. Like, it's, I'm like coming to very common conclusions here, where it's like these are bands that I want to be. I'm a woman. I can't be. <laughs> like, I'm sure they had a chick drummer at one point that stood in. At one point, I think. But anyway, regardless, there might have been. There might have been. There was a period where Tommy Lee left. Yeah. there was actually. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Um, like I. I saw, I've only seen them, no, I've seen them twice. And I was at the very end of Vince Neil's rope. Like, he's done, man. Like, I love Molly Crew, like, whatever, but bro. Bro. Yeah. Substance abuse catches up with you. Yeah, right. All right, this is the last one on my list, and I've, this should be of no surprise because I've referenced it a few different times. But a lot of the bands on this list, in fact, I'd say at least maybe nearly half of them I either discovered or rediscovered or got really into because a certain singer of a certain band used to wear all the different shirts. <laughs> and Wait, because I liked that band, I, wonder who it is. I, yeah, because I liked that band so much, I would check this band out and they were all great. And so there was like a legitimacy in the taste mm. of the lead singer. And that's AFI and their album, Black Cells in the Sunset. Woo! Which to me, to me is still my my favorite of their albums. Like Burials, kind of speaks to me like now, because I identified with so much of it um, as a, as a person in his thirties, right? Right. Coming out of a divorce and like life changes and like being really angry at the world, but being really angry at the world later in life versus being really angry at the world early right. in life which is Black Cells in the Sunset. It came, I discovered it at, at the same time that I was um, having a, a question of faith. You know, I was deciding I, I, didn't, I didn't consider myself to be Christian. I was rejecting and rebelling against a lot of the moralities and dogmatic uh, doctrines that had been placed upon my head, you know, that you don't have any choice of when you're young. And there was so much of that sort of anti-religious, anti-dogmatic culture in AFI's music, but by this time they'd made that turn. You know, Jade Puget had joined the band and they were they were having broader influences and Davey was experimenting with um, makeup and 
PCV and play, like pleather pants and PVC. Um, it was PCV. PVC, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. PCP, maybe. <laughs> um, and it was just that combination of like things that I was into. Like they they were heavy and punk, you know, which was really awesome. Which was kind of they were heavy like metal that I was used to, but they were dark and punk like the Misfits. And then he was kind of glammy like like Bauhaus and and Bowie and The Cure. And so it just combined all these different things. But because the music was still pretty damn angry, that it just it latched on to what I was experiencing inside. Like probably like in the same way that the dudes in Ohio latch on to like ICP, you know, or like, or Eminem. <laughs> like that was, that was Black Cells in the Sunset for me. Yeah. It was like this, this is, uh, uh, the, the lyrics were overly flowery and gothically saturated, right? Which of course, like when you're a young writer. Yeah. Like you, you don't, you, you don't have, you've, you haven't read Walt Whitman yet. And so every single thing is like, you know, the love child of Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft and Charles Baudelaire. And um, and that spoke to me. Like, I was like, I write overly, dramatically, flowery lyrics, you know, and it was angry and it was heavy and it was dark and it was everything about it just really connected with me. And, and it's probably still one of the most influential albums, if not maybe the most influential album in my life today. Right. Right. That's the, that is the one that had um, Poetic Device on it, right? That's correct. Yeah. It's funny, actually, because like my final album, I had a splitsies here. I had a little, little, little dash here because I couldn't okay. decide between two albums by, by the same artist. And it was, I had AFI, Black Sails, or Sing the Sorrow. Oh, okay. Two yeah. very different albums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I had okay, a so I've already listed Black Sails. Yeah, I, I've so I've listed Black Cells. Are you going to go with Black Cells as well, or do you want to try to go and sneak and sing the sorrow? Um, well, I mean, listen, they were both. I mean, while they're different albums, like they're both like much like you actually is is probably the reasons I fell in love with those both those albums like so very much. So, I mean, I could go with my I okay. Can, I can go with my. Uh, my honorable mention. I do have an honorable honorable mention here, but you're all gonna drag uh, me. Another one. You won't drag me. Someone's gonna drag me. What is it? Is him's is it? love metal. Oh, it's a great one. I'm not. I'm shocked it's not on my damn list. <laughs> it's a. That's a great. Oh, you went with love metal. I mean, I would have probably gone razor blade suitcase, but razor blade I mean, suitcase. Ra- love metal is awesome as well. <laughs> razor blade. Romance. Oh no, that's a different. Okay. Razorblade Romance. No, so Razorblade Suitcase is a Bush song that was popular when I was a kid. So I apologize. It's like when Th- I called see, Lou look, Ferrigno I, I, Ray Ferrigno. Yeah. See, I got you this time. I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take the dragon off you. Um, Love Metal is a great album. I love it's a that really album. great. It's a little. It, it like it got a little heavier than than Razorblade Romance. You know, it got a little more literally metal and and a little heavier rock. Uh, it was great. It was a great album. And again, it sort of infuses that romantic nature yeah. into heavier, darker music. Yeah. I, you know, and, I, and, and, and it, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Go. No, and I was going to say in the same way, let's, let's not exclude Sing the Sorrow because um, it's not my favorite AFI album in some ways, but it, it um, as I'm older and I've sort of looked at their entire catalog, it still feels like the album that doesn't have a, 
I mean, it's got, I guess it's got a cohesive sound, but like several of their B tracks, I think are better than many of the tracks on that album. Yeah. You know, like now the world yeah. or uh pretty sure rabbits or roadkill is from sing the sorrow, like winter's tale. No, no. All in that era. No, they're off. Um... Oh, rabbit rabbits are mm. from December underground. Hey, yes. Okay. But now the world is definitely from sing the sorrow. And because I have the single. Yeah. And um, and I believe Winner's Tell was like right between Art of Drowning and Sing the Sorrow. Anyways, my point being is like it's a very good album though. Yeah. Even though I feel like it was like when it's like when you when you drive for the first time, so you just like want to drive fast and do everything. Didn't you say that? It like, felt like AFI on that previous podcast when you were on tour and you were just blasting him. Like wasn't that in one of um, your bandmates journal entries? Yes, I was. I was blasting him. <laughs> Absolutely. They're great. I love them. And AFI is great too. Yeah. I sing the sorrow and God and um, black cells in the sunset and, and hymns, both hymns, uh, uh, love metal and razor blade romance are amazing albums, yeah. amazing albums. And everyone should check them out. Um, any other, any other albums of note to list? No, that was my, Something about that witching hour here. That was my top 10. We did have a question for the podcast though, which is Totally off topic. I'm surprised we stayed on a topic. Go us. Well, hey, everyone's got to grow up sometime. <laughs> All right. Let's read this question because we'd be amiss if we didn't include our audience. Yes. And then we will sign off and you guys can message us on social media and let us know what your most ten top 10 influential albums are. Um, as always, Ophelia runs our social media accounts so you can bug her with all the album suggestions and tell us why we were wrong or what we got wrong or why our music sucks. <laughs> you can let her fill out all those complaints and I will be having a martini not doing that. <laughs> so what's our question for today? I don't run our social media. I kind of crab walk our social media. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> a slow stroll, our social media. Um, we had a question by top Grindhouse podcast fan, uh, Sam Blair. Long yeah, time Sam. listener of the Grindhouse podcast. Um, but his question is, what is Vegemite? And Dave, have you tried it? So, uh, yes, I have. In fact, when I fir- first met Ophelia's father, um, you know, it's traditional in Australia when you uh, meet a, a lady or a partner that you're interested in for the first time that uh, their father may ask you <laughs> to earn her hand. This is not true. Um, the traditional method is is gator wrestling, <laughs> but um, it wasn't. It, uh, they were going through a drought, and it wasn't gator season, <laughs> and uh, the drop bears had not migrated south for the winter just yet, and so there was a shortage shortage of dangerous animals for me to wrestle. So instead, he just had me taste a spoonful. Uh, it's actually like one of those big spoons you use like in oh, it when you're was making soup, not. just chuck full, it was chuck the full of this bit on the black end of tar. A knife. <laughs> That's not a nice black tar heroin looking Vegemite scoop. It was looked like I was slashed for the day, and uh, you know I had to pump myself up. You know I had to think, what would Paul Hogan do? <laughs> and I took it like a, I took it like a like a man, my and a woman, tough person. I ate it and it was actually delicious and I have some at home and I put it on my toast and my that speaking of influence 
hugely influenced. <laughs> I'm influenced by Vegemite. So for those of you that don't know what Vegemite yes. actually is, it's uh, brewer's yeast. So it's like leftovers from beer brewing. And Did you ever watch the Married with Children? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when, remember when uh, I'm pretty sure this was Married with Children, Al Bundy um, comes up with leavens? It's the little bits at the bottom of the toaster. Oh, was that Married with Children? Remember, was it Friends? I don't know. Someone invented that. I wish it was me. Anyways, it's like le- it's like leavens. It's like the little crunchy toasted leavens. Right. That's so what it's like. It's but the leavens of the beer. From beer batter. Um, it's been around a long time. It's been around since like the twenties. Um, I love it. I love Vegemite. We've also got Marmite and Promite. Which are two totally different things again. Basically, so. what it tastes like is it kind of tastes a little bit like a balsamic vinegar, but saltier and like pastier. Bouillon-y. Is that fair? Bull- yeah, bouillon. Like, it, like I used to eat bouillon. Like just, I just like just eat the cubes. You're fucking weird. That's terrible. Fucked. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's kind of like that. So uh, it's good. Yeah, if you're, um, I don't know where they would carry. They don't carry like a normal. You can get a world maybe market, you can go maybe. to some sort of a yeah. If there's a world market near you or any sort of store that that deals with like a world uh, produce and foods and spices of such, there was some millennial on on Twitter who said, uh, "Thank God millennials invented a way to eat vegetables that makes them tasty." To which someone responded, "I'm pretty sure uh, this existed forever everywhere else but America <laughs> until now. We didn't." You millennials did not invent spices. No. So, um, there but you yes, are. if you are going to try it, <clears throat> just make sure there's like the golden rule: it's on toast with a shitload of melted butter or vegan butter or margarine or whatever, and just vegan butter only, th- <laughs> or just and just like a thin. It's don't spread it like no, peanut go butter. Thick. Do it. No, don't do it. It will sap all the moisture out of your mouth. Just like a thin scrape. Just a thin <laughs> it's scrape. It. It's good. You'll love hey, it. Hey, remember remember when we talked about dipping balls in soy sauce? What happens if you do that to with Vegemite? I don't know. Someone's going to try that now and it's your fault. That'd be sticky. Report back in. Report back in. Let us know how it is. Photos and thank you guys happen. for listening to all of our weirdness. Don't send a photo, please. Send it to her. <laughs> she runs the social media. And thank you for listening to us once again and all of our insane rambling about music we hope that you have enjoyed this little trip down memory lane get to know a little bit more about us through the music that we listen to and we'd love to hear what you listen to and what has influenced you over time so until next time my name is dave is that my cue to say my name i'm feel you yeah <laughs> and we'll be and we'll be feeling you later oh, adios dad Deep.